fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. The showdown has been set, the gauntlet has been laid down, and by golly, the line has been drawn in the sand by Republicans and the Biden administration. Who will cave first? Tune in to the rest of 2023. Holy cow, we're starting off with a bang, and it's all the fun economic financial stuff that you and I love to talk about on this show, as we'll get to throughout the program today. What's up? Welcome into it. It's a Friday. You finally made it to the end of the week, and boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Welcome into the program. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, though. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. We love you to death. Thank you so much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every day. Two guests today. We'll get to one here in just a minute. Bottom of the hour, we have Edward Dowd. He is the author of the book Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. I know, I know. Yeah, we... (laughs) Yeah, we like to talk about that issue quite a bit. What's killing young Americans in the country? I don't know. We'll have to investigate with his book. So we'll talk about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. A lot of things going on, though, man. After the announcement from the Biden administration yesterday on his federal budget for 2024, and we played a little bit of that audio on the show yesterday, the uh, 53 minutes of him driveling along in Philadelphia, which is weird. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, usually the uh, president requests his budget, submits it, and then maybe makes a statement in the White House and is like, hey, this is a really good job. This is from the Rose Garden. We think it's a great plan. This is what we want to invest in. Essentially piggybacking off of the State of the Union that they just made a while ago. It's weird how long it took him to get it out, even though this is, what, year number three in his administration? It took him so long to get it out, and it's a nothing burger. It's a whole lot of zip, zada, nada. So uh, Republicans responding back and sending him a letter saying what their demands are in order to raise debt ceilings, cut spending, or even negotiate to increase spending, and according to the Biden administration, is a non-starter for him, wants nothing to do with it. Quote, not much to negotiate, he says, uh, regarding the Freedom Caucus. We'll get to some more of that here in just a minute. That's at the same time where the stock market is moving at a very quickly downward pace. I had seen, now don't quote me, this is not financial or economic or stock market advice in any way, shape, or form. I do not invest in the stock market, so I do not know. However, as a third-party objector and observator here, I had seen a post of some economic experts saying that the stock market was going to crash in like the next few days. And there was a massive push to try and sell, sell, sell in a lot of different industries, including uh, Silicon Valley Bank, which has taken a uh, crash and is set to close, conveniently the same one that Jim Cramer for CNBC said to invest in just a while ago. But he is the same guy that said that we're in an economic recovery right now. So to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever <laughs> seen. See that number? This- uh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. That's Jim Cramer on CNBC. Stand-up guy, and hopefully you're not taking advice from that Yahoo And I'm not even an investor, and I know that. With that being said, I want to get to our guest right out of the gate here for the first part of the show. What's trending today? As we've had him on the program before, right here from the great state of Kansas, from the big first congressional district, a good friend of mine, Congressman Tracy Mann, joined us a little bit earlier, and this is what he had to say right here on the show. Congressman, how are you, my friend? 
I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for what you do, Andy. Hey, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and uh, so much going on. I mean, as we, uh, I've been talking about this all week. We've seen more, I guess, truth bombs dropped out of D.C. with you guys running the House now finally. Hat tip off to Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and what you guys have been doing. The truth is coming out, and people can finally start realizing what the heck's going on in the country. No, that's right. I feel like we've made some legitimate um, progress, and it's actually great to be on offense, having the, the votes to get some passed out of the House. And some of this stuff's even passing out as bipartisan, Andy, yeah. which is a good thing. Later this morning, we're going to vote for a resolution. Um, I'm going to vote for it, strongly support it. I'm guessing it's going to pass to declassify what we know about the origins of COVID, specifically any information that's known about um, a potential leak from the Wuhan lab which is what, with information I have, I believe is what happened. Um, but, hey, we need to, uh, you know, the, the left, uh, the, the radical left needs to not run from the truth. We need to embrace it, get to the bottom of what happened, declassify this um, so we can move forward. Um, so we will, we will see what happens here later this morning with this vote. Yeah, that's amazing. So the whole point is, is actually, yeah, being able to find the real truth. So you're telling me, Congressman, that Ozzy Osbourne wasn't over there biting the heads off of bats. I mean, what are the chances that a wet lab, you know, that, that this um, virus kind of spontaneously came about at a wet lab near the, or a wet market near the lab that research on this stuff's actually being done? I mean, I've never bought that theory. Yeah. And, uh, but we need to get to the truth. The American people, the whole world needs to know the truth. Um, at that point, then we can work to hold the Chinese accountable. But the first step, I believe, is to declassify the information to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I love that idea. I know the Democrats are losing their minds because they're losing the narrative that they've had over the last three years. And now they're trying to pull the kind of like the Hillary Clinton during her investigation of at what point does it really matter any longer? Now that the truth is coming out, we shouldn't pay attention to it because it's really not that big of a deal. So who really cares? Right. Which is, I mean, the, the truth always matters, Andy, in every situation, every topic. you got to start with the truth. Um, it always matters, and uh, we gotta we gotta get this declassified and really see what we have. American people are smart, uh, you know. Let's prevent information, and and if it's not fully known, even after it's declassified, uh, people can come to their own conclusions. But yeah. it's, it's, I'm looking forward to hopefully making some progress on this this morning. Yeah. And on the same front, let's shift gears a little bit to like the January sixth videos, for example. Regardless of what people believe happened on January sixth. The truth is always good to know. The transparency is always good. I'm not sure why these have been concealed and kept from us, but hat tips off to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for releasing the 40,000-plus hours of video. And, I mean, Tucker Carlson and other outlets starting to release some of this video as well, showing that the whole narrative that was pushed, while some bad things still did happen, it didn't quite happen the way that was been told to us for the last three years. And, again, they're kind of mad that this stuff's being exposed. Well, and it, yes, and it gets back to the truth. Let's have the truth. Let's let the truth be known um, to the American people um, on what actually happened on January the 6th, and then people can, can draw their conclusions from there. But we shouldn't run from the truth. Um, yeah. The facts are the facts. The video is the video. Um, the, the way that this has been handled, um, you, you know, and we've known this all along, is, is not good for, for the future of the republic. Um, but step one, you got to get to the uh, the bottom of it to know what the truth is so we can move forward. Amen to that. I love it. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the Big First District here in my home state here in the state of Kansas. As uh, Let's shift gears a little bit t- talking about truth. I didn't see a whole lot of truth or hear a whole lot of truth. Yesterday is the Biden administration, Joe Biden, showing up in Philly to release his budget proposal. 
and the lies that were coming out of his mouth for his entire 50-minute speech of him driveling on was absurd, still trying to claim that he's created 12 million jobs in this nation, more than any other administration, still trying to claim that he can cut the deficit while raising spending and then just raise taxes on rich individuals and how great it's going to be, still trying to claim that just wiping away student loan debt and uh, whatever social program he wants to expand is somehow going to be beneficial for the country and cut our spending. Congressman, my brain was hurting by the end of that speech. Um, same. You know, you wonder what you know what planet the uh, the president's on when he <laughs> give a speech like that. It's it, it just and, and unless you know the speech is one thing, and I think it's notable gave the speech in Philadelphia because he is concerned about his reelection and he felt like uh, the budget does not stand on its own merit, so it needed to be politicized and it needed to uh, you know picked about in uh, in Pennsylvania, which would be a swing state in this election. So I just I think that's important to note. Mm. And it's also important to note the budget is more than a month late. Uh, the president of the United States, he's been on the job for three years now, um, needs to, you know, have a certain date that he's to come forward with a budget to Congress, missed it by a month, uh, and then, then claims, you know, he cares suddenly about, about our, our government's finances. But make no mistake, this budget that he's proposed is nothing more than a progressive wish list, chock full of absolute junk that will be more spending. Um, on things that we don't need with money we don't have that we'll have to either raise taxes to pay for or borrow. Um, and, and and hopeful that this budget goes nowhere because it's a really bad budget. Yeah, let's talk about some of those details that are in here. I did notice that he's trying to raise those child tax credits again, uh, which I'm assuming is trying to go back into like the monthly payments that we were seeing, which to me, I've been saying it's not even a child tax credit. It's more like a universal basic income because those that didn't even qualify for the uh, for the income standards to qualify for the child tax credit before we're still receiving those monthly payments. It sounds like we're really trying to push hard for this whole universal basic income concept. Correct. Which uh, then, then you know, to finish that thought, does what? It increases the number of people that are dependent upon the government, yeah. and it grows the role of government and influence in our lives, um, which is the exact opposite of what the Founding Fathers intended. Um, Andy, big picture, I believe that there's a reversive relationship between the size of government and our freedom. Mm. If you grow government, uh, at the end of the day, you're going to shrink freedom, but if you shrink government, you will grow freedom. So when I see budgets proposed like this one that dramatically continues the growth of our federal government, at the end of the day, our freedom um, will, will be reduced and, and America will be worse off for it. Not to mention the $32 trillion debt uh, that we racked up that it would just further add on to that. <laughs> yeah, well, he's also proposing a 25% minimum tax on billionaires, but then said that uh, anybody who has a net value of over $100 million which I'm not a math whiz, but I'm sure isn't a billion dollars. But if you have a net worth of over $100 million, then you would qualify for that 25% minimum tax in the country. So the theory is is that we're just going to tax more from the people that are already paying the majority of the taxes, and somehow that's going to lower the deficit in the country. I just don't see how that makes any sense. Well, and, and meanwhile, and then there's things in this budget like doing away with a stepped-up basis, which is a big deal for agriculture for our small businesses to pass a business or a farm from one generation to the next with a step up or an increase with the, with uh, the tax basis yeah. to not have to pay or to dramatically reduce capital gains taxes. Huge. Um, there are provisions in this legislation that would require any farmland or business owned by a family uh, for 90 years or more to have a one-time capital gains 
tax true up in the year 2030. I mean, these taxes will absolutely force businesses, family farms to, to close and, uh, and go out of business, which, um, yeah, we got to make sure and we were working to make sure that a lot of the bad provision in this budget never see the light of day, never get passed through the House and absolutely never get signed into law. What an absolute disaster. I know that most of the time when the president releases a budget proposal to Congress, it's kind of a he gets thrown in the request bin in the corner of the office and says, thanks, but no, thanks. We're going to do our own thing. Are, how confident are we that that's going to happen this time as well with Republicans leading the House who are supposed to hold the power of the person say, yeah, this ain't going to fly. We're not going to go down this road. Yeah, but, you know, the process is the president of the United States, Republican or Democrat, starts the process with the budget. Um, but House Republicans are very clear that we've got to get our spending under control. Yeah. Again, we are approaching $32 trillion in debt. And, Andy, I think it's important, you know, for listeners and folks to understand, this means that the interest alone on the national debt in the next 10 years, the interest alone will be more than $10 trillion. Wow. Perspective. The last 10 years, the interest on the debt was only was only was three trillion dollars. The last 72 years, so since 1940, the interest on the national debt total was a little over nine trillion dollars. And here, with this debt that's been racked up, most of our or a big chunk of it over the last few years, we're going to be looking at 10 trillion dollars in interest only in interest payments. Over the next two years, um, we, we have we, we are letting this thing get away from us. I was concerned our debt was at thirteen trillion. We're at thirty-two trillion, and we've got to uh, get this country's finances back on track. That was Congressman Tracy Mann from the first district of Kansas. We got lots more coming up here on a Friday for the Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, freedom, reason, common sense. You know, just the usual here uh, down home on the home front. It's what we do here on the show every day. Welcome into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out. By the way, thanks again to Congressman Tracy Mann coming on the program. He's from the 1st Congressional District right here in my home state of the state of Kansas. Really, if you draw a line down the middle of the state, he represents the entire western half. And more, actually. It's kind of expanded a little bit beyond that. But a wonderful individual, great personal friend. I've known him since he was the lieutenant governor here in the state of Kansas and a great guy, and we're really proud to have him up in Washington, D.C. That interview did go longer than what we were able to air, obviously, on the program. So we will have a special edition of the special feature podcast that we always like to do. That way you can air and listen to the entirety of the interview interview from Congressman Tracy Mann afterwards as well. So if you can sign up on any of your favorite podcasting sites, just go to uh, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on, again, any of them, either Podbean or iTunes or Apple Music, I think those are the same, or Google Play or Amazon, whatever you like to listen to, we're on there and we're kicking butt on there as well. We had one we mentioned last week where we've hit the top 10% on downloads and popularity on that platform specifically. So thank you for listening to us. Thank you for subscribing to us thank you for tuning in each and every day and listening to the show and uh, we couldn't do we couldn't do it without you so we'll have a regular interview uh, here on the program and then our special feature episode of the extended interview of the in its entirety 
right uh, after as well. So you get two uh, bonuses for the price of one going into today. So as they, as he mentioned, the Biden administration yesterday has officially uh, announced their budget proposal for 2024, which was an absolute disaster. Sorry, but it, it didn't. It didn't do much. No. This didn't do anything. But we have Republicans in the Freedom Caucus that have responded, sending their requests to the Biden administration with their proposals. And the Biden administration says there's nothing to negotiate on. It is a non-negotiating start. There's no way they're ever going to touch it. So now we have the standoff. And the question is, who's going to waver first? Who's going to collapse and who's going to cave first? I have an opinion based on historical evidence, but I really hope that's not the case because Republicans are always the ones that cave. When the president tries to go after Republicans, when the mainstream media starts putting pressure on them, getting the, 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 the people, the consumers, the general population all riled up, saying, hey, you're unwilling to compromise and work together. What the hell's wrong with you? When that starts happening, that's when you see a few of the Republicans begin to balk. They get concerned about re-elections. And then they're like, well, let's go ahead and find a compromise. They get a bone thrown at them that is absolutely insignificant to the entire process. And then they're like, oh, sounds good. We're going to vote on it. And I have a list of Republicans that were pretty sure and pretty certain that they could do that once that time actually comes. But the Freedom Caucus did present their plan today that included, here's what the plan did, according to TheHill.com. The hardline conservative caucus wants to cap overall discretionary spending at fiscal 2022 levels for 10 years while allowing for 1% growth per year, which would be a $131 billion cut from current levels. Oh, my. Oh, my. $131 billion cut from current levels with a 1% increase to cap it at the fiscal year 2022. We couldn't go back to prior to Obama 2007 or 2005. (laughs) We couldn't go back. We couldn't go back to where it actually meant something before we doubled and quadrupled the debts and the deficit in this nation. For those that don't know the difference, the entire debt is all of the money that we owe. The deficit is what we Oh, and the amount of debt that we get into in an individual year. We couldn't go back to prior oh, Barack Obama when we like doubled and tripled and quadrupled the debt and the deficit at those times. No, no. We just want to go back to 2022 in the middle of a pandemic when we were spending massive amounts of money of COVID-19 relief funding. And they want to cut it to that level and then allow a 1% increase in growth per year, which would be a $131 billion cut from current levels. That, by the way, to Democrats... If it's a 1% increase, it would be about a 5% decrease to them because they want to see it grow by 5 to 6%. So anything under that would actually be a cut for them, not just slowing a growth of. They also want to repeal the Student Loan Forgiveness Program, rescind unspent COVID-19 and Inflation Reduction Act funds, and rein in the budgets. Ah, we got a while to go. Can we get there? I hope so. That'd be a start. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through already on the home stretch for a Friday. Can you can you believe it? We're almost done for the week already. Good golly, it flies right on by. And what a wackadoodle week it was for sure. We had Joe Biden stumbling through another 50-minute speech yesterday in Philadelphia. We have him shooting down the Republicans for his 
uh, counter for the budget proposals is they say they want to end, meaning the Freedom Caucus, the conservatives, the people that actually want to cut spending. They want to get back to 2022 fiscal levels for the next 10 years with only a 1% growth per year that they say would cut about $130 billion of the current level right now. They also want to uh, stop and just end the process of the student loan forgiveness program. They want to rescind all the unspent money from the COVID-19 relief funding and the Inflation Reduction Act. And they say they want to enact the RAINS Act that would broaden congressional input on agency regulations. Boy, it's wild. It's crazy because constitutionally, you actually, as the Congress, had the power to create laws. That's your job is you legislate. You create legislation. And now we have to pass a bill to take that power back because you were too stupid to give it up to a bureaucratic fourth branch administrative part of government that's underneath the executive where they could just promote whatever they want to. And since you've given that power back, now you're scrambling to tie and get a little bit of it back by passing new legislation. It's kind of like cutting butter with irony, isn't it? Man, drives me wild. Sorry, guys. you got a ways to go yet. But... Maybe we can get something done here. The Biden administration says it's a non-starter for their negotiations. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get into what's trending for the day. What's trending today? As you know, we've talked about this topic quite a bit on the program before. And I get a lot of heat for this whenever I mention it on social media. And I don't know why, because, uh, well, I guess I'm just one of those evil uh, non-vaxxers, which do your thing, man. I don't really care. But as you know, we've been sharing stories quite a bit of just random people, especially athletes, especially young athletes and professional athletes or children just randomly dropping. And the question is, why? Why are they dropping? But if you mention the jab, like we did with Dr. Robert Malone just earlier this week, and I asked him about that, he said, he said well, there's no conclusive evidence, but you can kind of tie some, you know, connect the dots a little bit here. Um, is that what we're doing? Excited to have on the program. He's the author of the latest book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Excited to have on the program here, Edward Dowd with us. Ed, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on very much here. That's a big question. How many people have just randomly dropped over the last couple of years and they're blaming it on like natural causes? Because I find that kind of interesting. Well, I wrote this book. Uh, for my loved ones to try to convince them of what I think is true. And since uh, 2021 and 2022, most of us who have been paying attention can say, uh, and I'll talk, I'll start with the sudden athletic death. This is a, this is something that when I was growing up, it, it, it happened, but it was very rare. And it, and, and it was, you know, national news. We all, I don't know how old you are, Andy, but I'm 34. Uh, so I'm relatively young. You're relatively young. Uh, uh, Len Bias, when I was growing up, was a basketball player who died on the court, I believe, and there was national news for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm. And, you know, there was a study done in 2006 by some Switzerland folks called the Lausanne Study, where they documented the incidence of sudden athletic deaths over a 38-year period, and they found 1,101 of these types of events on the field or on the way to the hospital. And uh, that's 29 per year. And okay. we'd be lucky if we had a month with just 29 since 2021 began. <laughs> and there's, uh, we, you know, in the month of December of 2021, we had 90, we've had 80, we've had 60. And so th- this is this is not normal. Uh, I'm a Wall Street guy, so I study frequency and rate of change. And, in, you know, in my book, I document uh, hundreds of examples. It's not exhaustive. And just based on my numbers in my book, it's, you know, a tenfold increase. Then I go into what I call the metadata, insurance company data and uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and a whole host of other 
data sets. And uh, we find that uh, it was detrimental to your health to be employed in 21 and 22. And why that's interesting uh, is because the employed of our country are usually much healthier than the general population by the very nature of the fact they get up and go to work and, and tend to be younger and working age. Yeah. And uh, that all flipped in 21 and 22 and continues in 23. And uh, two data sets that I, uh, you know, I, I went before Senator Ron Johnson and told him that we have a crisis uh, and this is a national security issue. And if it's, I blame the vaccine, of course, due to mandates and mass vaccination program. And if it's not that, then what is it? And why aren't we talking about it? And here are the two data sets. I'll be brief. Um, the Society of Actuaries came out with a report in August. And in 2021, there was 40% excess death in their uh, group life policyholders for ages 25 to 64. Uh, a CEO, Scott Davison in, in Indiana of One America said, uh, and he experienced 40% as well. He said that it's a once in a 200 year flood for just 10% excess death and 40% is off the charts. So something happened in the second half of 2021 and uh, it's devastating. And then the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics showed a uh, massive increase in disability starting in February of 21. Prior to COVID, uh, or I should say the vaccines, uh, disabilities were running 29 to 30 million up and down, you know, bouncing around every year. Uh, and in, even in the uh, year that we had COVID, disabilities were still around between 29 and 30 million. Then mysteriously, they took off. We're currently at 33.2 million. And the most interesting aspect of that is uh, uh, the employed of the country are 1.7 million of, of the additional 3.2 million. And their disability rate went up 34%, while the general U.S. population disability rate went up 8 so if it's not the vaccine, what is it? And why aren't we talking about it? And, you know, I'm a Wall Street guy. I follow data and, and pattern recognition. And uh, this isn't just happening in the U.S. It's repeated in the U.K., in, in the Euro excess death data, in, in, in uh, Australia. And we're going to do my team uh, at Finance Technologies and I are going to do Canada soon. Wow. So you're saying you're saying that the trend, the increase in these sudden deaths, not just athletes, but just in the general population, is it about the same ratio all over the world in all these different countries? Yeah, it's different. It's, it, some countries are worse than others, depending upon vaccination rate. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's running right now uh, amongst the elite employed group life policyholders around 23 uh, percent. I've been leaked some inside fourth quarter. That was as of uh, Q3 for ages 25 through 44. Uh, in Q4, I've been leaked the numbers by one of my whistleblowers who sh uh, showed me what the numbers are, and they're accelerating in the fourth quarter, which is bad. So, uh, this again, I told you 10% is a once-in-a-200-year flood, and we're still running at 23% amongst the elite of the elite. Group yeah. life policyholders uh, reside in Fortune 500 and mid-sized level companies. To get this policy, you have to be employed at the time. So you can't have quit or been fired. So this, the, 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 this is this is whatever it is. It needs to be investigated. I I personally believe it's the vaccines because of the mandate. Sure. Well, so it, that's, it, that's where we lie. That's wild. Now you mentioned going into the fourth quarter. So you're saying that the rates of the sudden deaths are increasing, meaning uh, that maybe people that the longer it sits in their system, or just the time that they got their maybe second or third vaccine or the booster shot or something, that we're seeing an increased rate well, as time goes it, along here. here. So here's my fear, and I again we we don't have the data yet, so this is speculation on my part. Sure. We do know a couple of things: booster uptakes 
have, are, are de minimis now. A lot of people uh, are choosing not to get the booster. So booster uptake rate is lower. But uh, the, the sudden, uh, these, uh, these excess deaths and disabilities are not coming back and normalizing. And again, I just told you, they, they may be reaccelerating in the fourth quarter uh, and into this year. She, uh, this, this, this person also told me that January is worse than December and, and, and February is worse than January. So my fear is this, that there's medium-term to long-term effects. I don't want people to freak out, but you know, this is something that we need to have a national discussion on, if I'm correct. Yeah, we absolutely have to have a conversation on it. And the weird part is we're not allowed to because we still get censored and bashed on social media. We get blocked and shadow banned where we can't even have the conversation or we get called a crazy wild conspiracy theorist because how dare you just don't go along with the norm here. And I'm curious if this is why, I mean, we're, what, two years now in, two and a half now years into having a vaccine and the pharmaceutical companies even haven't declared it as an actual vaccine, but it's still in the quote-unquote trial period, so they don't get held liable for any type of mishappenings here. I find that kind of strange, don't you? Uh, so the truth of the matter is this. This was never tested on humans. Uh, it failed all the animal tests. It's a new novel technology. What is co- occurring is the largest phase three clinical trial ever uh, done on a world population. We, we are the experiment. If you've taken the jab, you are part of an experiment. You just don't know it. It hasn't been told to you that you are. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. We'll talk with Edward Dowd, author of the book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Uh, we got just about a minute before we have to take a hard break here, but we sat down with a, a few days ago, Dr. Robert Malone, and he said the same thing to where it's not obviously conclusive that all these individuals are just dropping because we don't have the hard line evidence, but all the signs point to it. My question is that as if it's not the vaccine, what else could we see a massive uptick from 29 athletes uh, just dropping suddenly to close to 80 a month? Like, that's a pretty pretty dramatic increase. Well, what I've been told by my naysayers who don't blame the vaccine that it's climate change and or long COVID. <laughs> problem with long, the, the, problem, the problem with long COVID is there's no clinical definition yet. And it, it, it's everything and nothing all at once. And it's also it's the, the, the symptoms of long COVID are eerily similar to the adverse events we saw in the Pfizer and Moderna clinical trials. Mm, that's interesting. I, I, he joked about that. I thought he was joking about the whole climate change, but they're saying climate change actually has to do with people dropping. It's just too hot in the stadium. They're going to collapse from overheating and exhaustion. That's wild. Ed, we got to take a hard break. Can you stick over one more segment with me? Absolutely. Awesome. I want to continue this conversation because this is fascinating. The question is now, what do we do about it and how do we continue to collect this data to have the hard evidence or at least make us lean towards understanding it more? And if it's not, hopefully it doesn't because I don't want everybody who got the vaccine to have some type of ill effects like this. And hopefully we pray to God that that's not the case. But what do we do moving forward? And if someone has had it, what can we do? And we'll move forward with that. It's Edward Dowd, author of the book Cause Unknown. We'll continue this right around the corner here for the final segment here on the Friday on The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into it. Last call here on a Friday on The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out as always. We'll have our podcast up in just a little bit. Also, our special feature 
with Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District of Kansas, my home state here, with our flagship as we went really long with our interview with him earlier today talking about the budgetary issues along with farm bill issues along with the TikTok issue and censorship. Kind of interesting, which ties right into kind of what we're talking about right now as we are hanging out with Edward Dowd, author of the book Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And as we talk about the lack of dialogue that we're allowed to have on this topic, I mean, for the last two, three years, if you mention anything about masks not potentially working or not wanting to get the vaccine and trying to go the natural route because, you know, 98% of the population actually had a natural immunity to COVID-19, or if you talk about the lockdowns actually not working, or if you talk about the origins of where COVID came from and it wasn't the fact that Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off of a bat in China, uh, if we try to question any of those things, we got censured, we got banned, and we got completely booted off social media how do we get this content out here? Well, the good news is it seems to the the the, the ice dam is breaking. Twitter uh, reinstated me. I was banned on Twitter in June of 2022. Elon put me back on in December. So that's good news. Um, my message in my book is selling. Uh, I've been on a number of uh, prominent shows. I did T- Tucker Carlson. I did Patrick Beth David. I hope to do more. And, you know, I wrote this book for people to at least question what's going on. And at the very least, what, we, what we've been told turned out to not be true. We were told that it prevented COVID and transmission of COVID. Those have both turned out to be lies. Yeah. So my message is, why would you get an experimental uh, vaccine that doesn't work? The, the, the message then was changed to, well, you're, it will reduce your, uh, uh, the chances of you being seriously hospitalized. There's no study on that. That's just a talking point. That's marketing. Yeah. So. I look at this as a stock analogy. I mean, I'm a stock guy. I managed a $14 billion growth fund at BlackRock. And if you had a thesis on a, on a stock and it started to unwind, meaning you, it was going against you, you would sell the stock if you were not emotional about it. Well, the original thesis was it prevented COVID and transmission. That's no longer true. So don't keep doubling down on something. Uh, it's, like adding, it's like throwing good money after bad. And there, uh, there's good data that suggests this, the safety of this thing is horrendous. And it's not just money you might lose. It could be your health and or your life. So that, that's my recommendation. Why take something that doesn't work? It's a great point. For those that have had it, what do we recommend? I mean, obviously, there's it's the increase of sudden deaths are happening. They're increasing, but obviously not everybody that's taken it in the vast population that's done it so far has had at least dropped dead or had had severe side effects. But if they are concerned about it, can they do anything or are they just, uh, I mean, hey, may, you know, just be cautious and try and take care of yourself? Yeah, look, there, there's a um, there's good news. The good news is this. This was rolled out so fast uh, that um, a, lot of, a lot of mistakes happened in the administ- administration of this vaccine in that it needed to be stored at minus 78 degrees. A lot of times it wasn't. So if you got the vaccine, a lot of times you got a degraded, the lipid nanoparticles degraded, and you ended up with basically just goop in your arm. So there's good news. A lot of people didn't get what they thought they were getting. Um, also, the vials came in five uh, dose vials, and if they weren't shaken, uh, the person at the bottom got the badness, and the person at the top got nothing. So there's a lot of I don't want people to go away thinking there's a ticking time bomb, and there, there likely is a good chance there isn't. And secondly, there's ways to, to um, cleanse this. There are good doctors working on this to, de- to detox this from your system. Um, 
one of the websites I like is uh, flccc.com. It's the Frontline Doctors uh, COVID Care Initiative. And you're able to, uh, they, they have different uh, early treatment protocols that are not vaccine related. They also have uh, detoxification protocols. And there, there is lots of work being done on this. So I, I just, if you've already been vaxxed and you didn't have any adverse events, you're probably fine. So I don't, I don't want people to be living in fear. But don't, sure. don't get the boosters. It's like Russian roulette, in my humble opinion. Yeah. You, keep, you keep loading the chamber. Amen to that. I am fearful to see in a few years the TV ad saying, if you got this shot, you may be entitled to compensation in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I hope that we don't see those and we can get this cleared up. But what a mess, not just in the country, but globally. And we need to be aware of this. It is Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. Check out the book. You can go to the website, theylidpeopledied.com. Theylidpeopledied.com. Ed, what a great conversation. I appreciate it so much. Keep up this fight. Keep up the investigation. we got to get you on back uh, again here soon and get another update from you. Absolutely. Hey, very good. We appreciate it. All right, that's it for us today. Back at it again on Monday. We'll have a lot more to talk about then we'll break down some more of this when we get back until then be your own voice of reason be that catalyst for change be that common sense in your own community it's time for you to speak up speak out speak loud speak proud speak the truth and always speak some reason this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio